Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time you are tuning in. Welcome to Homesteading and Gardening in the Suburbs. I'm Emma from Misfit Gardening and today I want to talk about your garden plan. It's not too late to figure out your garden if you don't have a plan yet. A plan for your garden is a really helpful tool to use. I use one all of the time. It can help you um, identify your goals for your garden and help keep you on track. Um, a plan can help you figure out things like crop rotation to reduce pests and diseases. Um, it can also help you keep track of important dates like transplanting or harvest. I use a combination of my seed starting schedule, which I showed you how to create one in a spreadsheet on YouTube in a video. Um, and I also sketch out a very rough diagram of the garden and the beds each year. Um, I use those along with my garden journal. So I write down what plants are growing in the beds. Um, I also keep a log of how they were growing throughout the season. Um, and I review my garden journal to see what plant family was growing where in the last season so I can plan on what can be grown in the bed for the upcoming season. Now when it comes to crop rotation you're really wanting to avoid planting the same family of plants together in the same bed year after year right that's kind of what that monoculture growing is and when we start to do that we can start to have a build-up of various diseases and pests in the soil so we want to be able to plan our garden so we have about a four-year break between growing that same family of plant in that garden bed so let's say we're growing um, potatoes in a garden bed. Now, potatoes are part of the nightshade family, which also includes tomatoes, peppers, eggplants, right? There's a, a number of plants that are part of that same family. And some of the same diseases can be shared across those. So when we give our plants a break from not being grown in that same space as part of crop rotation, then we are able to reduce the diseases or pests that you know may be in that soil. So it's a good technique to have. Um, I grow lots of different plants together. So I use a lot of polyculture and companion planting. So crop rotations can be a little bit of a challenge to figure out. Um, I would love to know if um, you are also a um, companion planter um, or you like to grow lots of different crops together in the Facebook group. So please let me know. Um, but one of the things that um, I like to grow is lots of different plants together. Um, they can help you know confuse different pests it's part of the integrated pest management that i am working on for my garden if you're interested in learning a bit more about that then you can check out some of the previous podcasts where i talk about pest management strategies but for example last year i was growing tomatoes with carrots and basil in one very very long garden bed and this year I might change that to be um, peas growing with lettuces and marigolds um, or it might be beans growing with sunflowers and squash together or maybe I'm growing garlic and lettuce together right so I try to kind of have you know in my back pocket so to speak different companion plants um, and different groups of plants that I will grow together on a regular basis so I just try to kind of switch through those you know groups of 
plants that I know like to grow well together and that's kind of how I rotate and then I will think about having some soil building cover crops being added into the garden bed as well to give it a bit more of a break when I'm thinking about my crop rotations. Now that might be a little bit complicated for you and that's that's okay. Um, you know, you can start small with just growing one type of plant in a garden bed and that's okay. That's how a lot of us all start out when we're growing is, you know, maybe it's a row that's in a garden bed or we're doing you know, um, square foot gardening. So we're trying to really maximize what is growing in that space. We just want to be rotating things from growing in that same position each year. Now, when I'm looking at the garden plan, I'm also thinking about how the plants are growing. So not just like how are they going to help each other grow, um, but also shade. So in my particular garden, um, the the backyard is kind of like in a horseshoe shape. It's surrounded by trees on the north, it's on the east, and it's on the west. So I get a lot of shade, um, certainly early in the morning until the sun is up above the tree line in the east. And then I'll get sun throughout the day until the sun finally passes below the tree line in the west and then I get a lot of shade very quickly. So I don't have a lot of um, sun and the sun that I do have, I really need to make the use of. So I'm definitely trying to think about how plants are growing. So for example, I don't want super tall sunflowers or pole beans, runner beans, those kind of things growing at the very front of the garden where they're going to shade out things that are growing behind them. Certainly for runner beans, like I've had runner beans going way over 10 foot. I want to make sure that they have got the the right amount of light to be growing successfully, but they're not going to be shading out anything that's growing behind them. So your garden plant can definitely be nice and simple. And, you know, there's a, a lot of um, good use that you can get from having a simple garden plant. You know, something easy like what was planted where each year. So you can take a look back at that and see, oh, I grew corn in this bed. I should probably grow something different from corn in this bit bed this year. You could also make your plan have dates or timing so you can start to plan for how long a crop is going to be in the ground for. So for example, let's say that you've got some spinach and lettuce seeds, right? And according to those seed packets, they're going to take about 60 days to mature. So we're going to pretend for a minute that we're going to sow them on April 1st into a garden bed. I know not everybody is that lucky. I, I hear you. I've got a good couple of foot of snow that needs to thaw out first before I can even think about planting or even see my garden, quite quite honestly. Um, but let's let's pretend that we're going to sow our lettuces and spinach on the 1st of um, April. So about 60 days later, those spinach and lettuce plants should be ready to harvest, which would put us at 31st of May. So let's keep pretending and say that on the 31st of May, we're going to harvest everything out of that garden bed. Now we've got a garden bed that is available for planting. Let's take a look and see what we've got waiting to be planted out. And, oh, we've got some tomatoes and some pumpkins that are going to need to go out in the garden. Um, the tomatoes say that they're going to be about 85 days to mature once they're transplanted. And the pumpkins are about 95 days to mature. And let's say that you started the seed for the pumpkins about 14 days ago. 
So if we planted out the pumpkins on the 31st of May, those would be maturing around the 20th of August because we accounted for them being 14-day-year-old seedlings. But if we were to sow the seed for the pumpkins instead in that garden bed on the 31st of May, the pumpkins would be maturing around the first week of September. But what if we decide to transplant the tomatoes into the bed that we had the lettuce and spinach? So we might be seeing tomatoes around the 24th of August. Now, if we're using our garden plan to think about timings, that is super helpful when we're trying to plan in things for fall. So let's say we wanted to get some fall crops into this garden bed. We might be thinking of, well, what could we plant in that bed instead that's going to be maturing much faster than August 20th? Um, you know, we want to be able to be transplanting out our broccoli or a cauliflower, beets or carrots in July in that garden bed. So, you know, we can use our understanding of our garden plan with the timings to figure out, well, what could we put in this bed instead? Maybe we're going to do some quick quick growing um, bush beans or maybe we're going to do another crop of lettuce again in that bed this is where your garden plan is going to take you from being just kind of a hobby gardener into being able to grow more food and have more of a sustainable lifestyle in terms of growing things and not having to go to the grocery store and it takes time to know your garden and the varieties that you're growing i'm such a big advocate of taking notes for the garden um, in a garden journal not just because like i'm a sciencey kind of person anyway and i love to experiment but understanding those unique qualities of your garden and the varieties that you grow is going to help you make the very most of the space that you are working with so the days to maturity on a seed packet are helpful to know but they can be misleading because those days to maturity number one they're an average but they're also during optimum growing conditions for that plant so if you started the plant earlier when it's cooler temperatures it's going to grow slower than what it is when you know it's a bit warmer so having your own information about how long things take to grow and mature in your garden is really going to help you know the garden that you're working in so we want to be you know, taking um, notes about when we sowed our seed, um, when we transplanted it, when you start to see the first blooms, the first flowers on something, or maybe you're taking note of when you see that first fruit, or perhaps if it's a leafy green, you're making a note of when it's at the size that you want to be able to harvest it at right then we want to be taking that information and counting the number of days from when you sowed that seed to when you're harvesting or when you transplanted that plant and when you're harvesting in case of like tomatoes and peppers and stuff that is going to be your days to maturity and those days to maturity might change from year to year but when you start to take notes of these things and you're building up that body of data you can start to average those number of days and build that into your plan so you have a better understanding of how this crop is growing in your backyard and your climate so for me knowing how long plants are in the ground or in the garden bed is really helpful um, right now and I, I know I've talked about it previously um, in terms of saving seed but I've got some heirloom seeds 
and they're not available anymore. Um, they're not available in a catalogue. They're not available through the exchange um, that's on Seed Savers Exchange, which is a like online seed swap um, that's there. And it's just, if you've never checked it out, definitely go check it out. It is a super, super helpful tool. There's thousands of different varieties um, that you can exchange from other gardeners. Um, but I've got varieties in my seed collection that are no longer available. They're no longer listed in there um, for whatever reason. So I am definitely carving out some of my garden this year, not just um, for you know trials that I've got going on to see what's growing better, but also um, so I can be sure to grow out some of these varieties because the seeds are getting old. I want to be able to grow out these seeds and save the seed um so <laughs> to me it's very important because i you know i don't want to lose more varieties and you know if i've got some of these heirlooms that i am you know being able to steward i want to be able to grow those out so i can share those seed with others to um you know help keep those alive so for me understanding how long plants are in the ground very helpful um but because i'm growing things out to be able to harvest seed it's going to take much longer those plants need to be in the ground a lot longer than what they would be if i'm just harvesting things to grow to eat for my family so i'm having to take those into account as well as making sure that i'm growing varieties that are not going to um cross pollinate or i'm gonna have to take additional precautions in when i'm growing out some of these varieties to protect them from some unwanted cross pollination again if you're interested in more about seed saving i've done lots of different podcasts about that and you can definitely um listen into those so you can you know learn a bit more but this time of year early spring is when you know there's a lot of seed swaps going on i'm starting to see seedling swaps as well popping up in many communities so it's an excellent time to review the seeds that you have and if you've got things that you want to share um things that maybe you don't like to grow anymore um or you found a better variety you know you can go ahead and share those um in a seed swap just check what some of the requirements are because some seed swaps um you know they only want heirlooms or some only want ones that you've saved yourself or others um you know they like you can't be bringing in seed that's like I don't know from 2015 or whatever like it needs to be you know relatively new seed um you know that people can swap and share so you know definitely ask some questions and look into um you know local um seed exchanges that are going on um, but, you know, when you're going to some of these, you can really get an opportunity to try and find something else to try in your garden. And I think most gardeners who come back from a seed swap um, with lots of seed end up playing the where can I squeeze this plant into the garden game um, every time. <laughs> um, certainly, it's really hard to um, say no to seedlings. Um, I'd, I'd love to know if you're also in that group. Um, but, you know, it's it's helpful to have a bit of a plan ready to go before you're trying to figure out where to plant everything once your seeds are ready and the frosts have passed having a plan is going to you know help things be a little easier to get out into the garden and it's also helpful like if 
you know, I tend to be doing a lot of planting out um, on my own, but if I was getting help from um, a neighbor or let's say my husband got roped into helping me in the garden, you know, having a plan is helpful for me to share um, with them. So they know, okay, these plants are going to be in, you know, this garden bed over here and they can get on and do that planting. So having a plan kind of helps if you're sharing the workload as well. Um, but it's also helpful being able to try and figure out where things are going to be before, you know, you're getting um, a lot of pressure for getting things into the ground because spring is here. But I would love to hear from you what seed swaps you are going to over in the Facebook group. Let me know. And until next time, I hope your garden grows beautifully and I'll see you all next week.